0: Let's hear it for the boys. Let's (laughs) give the boys a hand. A diabolical hand. I'm Alex.
1: I'm Justin.
0: I'm Pete. And we are back on Let's Hear It for the Boys. Talk about the boys. Diabolical, the animated spin-off of the main series that dropped on Prime Video over this past weekend as we're taping. If you haven't checked it out, it is eight 12- to 14-minute episodes Inspired by and some potentially set in the world of the boys, all from different creative teams. Think the animatrix, a reference that everybody gets, or more uh, specifically, and everyone
1: loves, everyone <laughs> loves hearing about the
0: animatrix. Yeah, or How would you compare uh, Star, Wars to Wars Star Wars Visions? Star Wars Visions, the What recently, the fuck probably. are you talking about? Star That's Wars good. Visions, there's same sort of thing with different oh, teams taking oh, on. Does the world.
2: Star Wars Visions have a scene where somebody's poop comes to life and has an adventure with them? I don't think so. Yes. No, yeah. it, it's later.
1: It's the uh, Poop One, the padwan Poop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he goes by the name of Ben Poop, and you don't know oh, it's Poop boy. One until later on. That's pretty cool. If you
1: flush me down, I will become more powerful than you could ever imagine.
0: So, we're going to break down all the episodes here. And we are? Uh, before we get into that, though, let's talk about this project as a whole. I'll say. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I mean, this is very clearly a way of, this is going to come out wrong, but like killing time between the seasons because the new season isn't coming until June. They want to keep the fan base sated. They want to throw something new out there and expand the universe. But honestly, I'm glad they did because there's a lot of fun things in here that I really enjoyed quite a bit. How did you guys feel about it? Sort of similarly, like I, I enjoyed it some uh,
1: naturally when you get any sort of like anthology series, um, you get you enjoy some more than others. And I, like this reminded me obviously of The Boys and it was nice to sort of get back into it a little bit. It feels like it's been forever. It also reminded me of another hit on Amazon, Invincible. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's good to sort of be, it's almost like, hey, if you liked Invincible, you're definitely going to like this. It's very much in that same style. It's uh, all- and here we are.
2: Also, it's a great reminder to go to comic book shops and you can have 10 to 15 minute adventures uh, per comic. I mean, there is one that's very meta where you like open up the comic and you zoom right in and there you go. So it's a nice kind of reminder like, hey, get off your ass and go to a comic book shop. You want some more of this action? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Get off your ass
2: is the takeaway
1: line. on
0: the invincible front. I will mention, and maybe I have the credits slightly wrong, but Simon Rakiopa, who wrote the one with the Homelander origin story or Homelander joining the, the Seven, one. Yeah, yeah, is the guy who show, run, show ran this whole thing. He also, I believe, show ran Invincible along with Robert Kirkman and wrote a cool. bunch of the episodes there. So I think that's why. You're getting a lot of that feeling there is it's the same guy running a lot of that stuff.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a, a smart move on Amazon's par. It's smart for both projects. It, it, that's what made it a success,
0: I think. Now, how best to go through these? I guess we can talk about maybe our highlights, our favorite episodes. Pete, I'll tell you not to jump on your choice, but when I watched these episodes, I felt like I'm your pusher, the one that you hinted at before, the Garth Ennis one. That has to be your favorite one, right? I mean, come on,
2: I mean it's definitely up there. I also really got uh, enjoyed the anime uh one about the uh two elder uh people John um, and
0: son he by yeah. Andy Sandberg of all people yeah,
2: yeah yeah he he got to play the cameo with the the security guard, which was great um. Uh-huh. But also like, you know, you guys as parents had to really relate to the lazy uh, laser baby one because you don't know uh-huh. when you're getting kids if they're going to have laser shooting out of their eyes. So hmm. like there is that tension that all new parents deal with. So uh, I don't want to pick your guys, but that had to be laser baby had to be like right there for you.
1: It's one of those uh, sort of um, things that all parents deal with. Yeah. Uh, learning to change diapers, uh, defending against laser baby eyes. Like we all – we've all been there.
2: Okay. Did all you have
0: right. a favorite one, Justin, other than what Pete just gave you?
1: Uh, I liked both of those um, the best as well. Um, I also – the the John and Soon-He one was so good and the fact that it was written by Andy Sandberg and had such sort of a sentimental, uh, melancholy core to it, I thought, was just, just a fun surprise. Um, and the uh, I'm Your Pusher, I thought, was uh, it was just great to see Butcher out there again, being Butcher. It felt like a comic book. It felt like the most of it, like an actual boys episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I was definitely here for that. I also like Boyd in 3D. I thought it was a good sort of um, dark gift of the Magi uh, type story. Yeah. And and then the uh, Laser Baby's Day Out, like Pete mentioned, I thought was a, just a great, fun, Acme cartoon from back in the day. Yeah,
2: it really had an Animaniacs feel to it, you know? Uh, I'll give a shout out to one we
0: didn't talk about yet. An animated short where pissed off soups kill their parents. I that's from Justin Roiland you who know, does Rick and Morty and Solar Opposites and a bunch of other things. It feels exactly like that, straight yeah. out of that world, even more than the boys' world. But it made me laugh out loud a bunch of times, and I had a good time watching that one. So I thought that was very very fun. Uh, the other one that I will give a shout out to that I mentioned earlier is the one plus one equals two, the one that finds Homelander first joining the Seven, because that's the one to me. And I think a couple of these might apparently touch on some way on the boys season three I've heard, but this is the one that felt like, okay, this is from the boys TV show. The same way I'm your pusher is for the boys (laughs) comic books. This one is for the boys TV show. And so it was neat to get to see this part of the history that we haven't seen before.
2: Plus it's got the, um, I was really impressed that we got the kind of actors who do these characters to do the voiceover, like Mm -hmm. Giancarlo here killing it uh, as Stan Edgar. I was very happy with that.
1: Elizabeth Shue back as Stilwell, oh, yeah. which I thought was great. Great scene back, there.
2: Black Noir back as Black Noir. You know, mm-hmm. I think. great
1: to hear that voice work <laughs> yeah. from yeah. Black Noir. <laughs> really good.
0: Yeah, Uh, so let's talk through these then, one at a time, now that we've kind of called out our favorites. This is in no particular order, but why don't we start with Laser Baby's Day Out. This is written by Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen, and is directed by Crystal Chesney-Thompson and Derek Thompson. And the animation style is inspired by classic American animated shorts.
1: Yes. And the original release date was March 4th, 2022. Are we reading the same page? <laughs> uh, just kidding. Um, yes, I think that sums it up. It was a I love that they stuck with like a dialogue free, just great action, like uh, uh, old Bugs Bunny cartoon meets itchy and scratchy, essentially. <laughs> yeah. A um, lot of blood spilled throughout this series. And this gave you a real indication of where you were headed in the blood department.
2: Plus, you know, these, you know. Evil villains with giant brains—they get so cocky, and you know you can. It's nice to see them taken down by a baby with lasers. You know what I mean? Well, and
0: clearly inspired as well by a classic American movie, "Baby's Day Out," that we all know—that was Home Alone except with a baby. Do you guys know this movie? Um, I
1: remember this movie And I feel like you know this movie You like love this movie I don't Isn't this like a baby crawling so across I remember
0: th- Yeah it's basically a baby There's, it's, It is straight up like Home Alone but with a baby Instead of Macaulay Culkin The baby's crawling around the city The scene in the construction site In Laser Baby's Day Out Is pretty much straight yeah. up from Baby's Day Out I watched it with my kids Not too long ago Because I hadn't watched it in like decades at this point It's Mm. violent. Joe Montagna's in it, and his crotch straight up gets set on fire, and he sits in the park, and there's this whole situation where he can't move while his balls are being charred for a very long time. So it's very upsetting. Charred. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, literally on fire. Like, his crotch is on fire, and a cop is there, and he can't move, and it goes on for, like, five minutes. It's horrifying.
1: Wow. And that's what inspired you to have kids, to become a father yourself.
0: Exactly. I, I saw that, and I knew. It was time. Yeah, yes, I'm very fun. A very stylistically clear what was going on here, but I think they did a nice job with it. I thought also, it was Invincibles
2: okay. was the inspiration for behind the Baby Lasers. But all right.
0: No, no. And of course, Laser Baby is a thing from the first season of the show. So it's right. nice to bring it back in that way in an entirely different way. Next up, we got an animated short where pissed off soups kill their parents. This is written by Justin Roiland and Ben Beuth, directed by Parker Simmons. The animation style is inspired by Justin Roiland's aesthetic, which you know correct. That. Yeah.
1: This could have been a, a, an episode of Rick and Morty, just like straight up. Yeah. Packed with jokes, um, all the like, like ho- horrible powers these people have, and then they go and brutally murder their parents. Like, that's, there's not a lot of other moral uh, takeaways here.
0: I did. What was the name of the character? Was it Papers? The guy who yeah, yep, at the end, yeah. who shows up in the middle, and is like, "You haven't seen That's me before." Yeah. Classic Rick and Morty style gag, but yeah. very funny. That made me laugh out loud. I don't know. The, I enjoyed it. It sounds like and, I enjoyed uh, this one more than you guys.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was funny, but I, I will say, and I watched all these back to back. It's overwhelming all of the vile. Like I've seen so many organs. Uh, watching these in yeah. such a quick way, just a lot of uh, slooping body parts f- sliding out of people's uh, hole punched bodies. Yeah.
2: But you you rarely see like a slow motion stab. So I mean that was creatively fun. That was, hor- I mean? that was horrifying. That was yeah. straight up horrifying. <laughs> Plus, Kristen Slater doing the you know the narrator. I mean, it was uh, it was really over the top and fun. Exactly what you would expect from the boys. So I thought it was a very kind of. You know, maybe not my favorite, but definitely uh, fun in in world kind of a a scenario.
1: And Christian Slater narrates your life, Pete,
2: right? Yes, and uh, I should start up my GoFundMe because I'm running out of cash for that. Thank you for the reminder. (laughs) (laughs) Two hundred dollars
0: a minute on cameo.
2: Yo, cameo (laughs) is killing me on that, dude.
0: I'm Your Pusher, written by Garth Ennis, directed by Giancarlo Volpe. The animation style is an homage to the original The Boys comics. This was such an awesome surprise. You know, we talk about this a lot on the podcast in terms of the TV show itself and how I think smart it is about making the material of The Boys comics work on screen because it couldn't work on screen. But to your point earlier, Justin, this felt like to me, it came from an alternate universe where, after Invincible came out, then they released a, the Boys animated series, and this is what that would be.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's spot on, and it was this. Having this be from uh, Butcher's perspective was such a welcome. I was so happy to see that. It's he—he he is for me watching the Boys. That's the the POV I want. And so much of these were sort of from fucked up points of view, and his is also fucked up. But at least you're sort of like. Re-riding with him. He's the closest thing we have to a hero here.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, it's just makes me uh,
2: just makes me worried, Alex, about your drug problem. You think by doing it up your butt, it's really helping you out. But as we see in this, it's you're still playing with fire.
0: Thanks, man. I appreciate the advice, but I'm going to keep doing it up my butt. The thing that I thought was particularly great about this, also just in the contrast between the live TV show and the way the boys comic worked, is just going back to a world where all soups are evil. Because something that happens in the comics, it's a very clear line of black and white. Like, soups are messed up. All the time. The boys' whole goal is to kill them. In the show, it's much more complicated. We get the point of view of the seven. We understand where they're coming from, even when they're being absolutely awful, horrible people. Uh, So... I don't know. It was nice to go back to this world where things are a little simpler, a little more straightforward, where it's just Butcher enjoying fucking up soups and Huey being like, oh, no. And <laughs> yeah. also see hearing Simon Pegg as the voice of Huey was a nice yeah, voice as well. Yeah, nice dropping. Yeah.
1: And let me just say, just to be clear, uh, when Alex talks about uh, refusing to stop doing drugs up the butt, he's talking about just aspirin, f- Flintstone vitamins, just very day-to-day. Pixie sticks. Pixie yeah. sticks. That's Again, that's not a drug and also, how are you enjoying it if you're just pouring it right into your. I your taste it with my
0: butt mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Boyd in 3D, written by Elliot Glazer, story by Elliot Glazer and Alana Glazer, directed by Nas uh, gadradi Azda Azadi. Sorry, uh, animation style inspired by French comics and animation. Yeah, now, Justin, you particularly like this one. Why don't you talk about this?
1: I thought this was this was a nice uh, uh, story with some good turnarounds like we meet these characters it's like a nice romance and we quickly realize they are poisoned by their own vanity and social media and are not nice people and i like that it ends it looks like it's going to end in such a sweet little way and then it ends in a horribly vicious
2: way yeah i mean it, it does it's this one feels a little bit like uh you know like hey we're all we're all really Gone off the deep end here with how much we care about Instagram and, you know, online presence and the kind of how that's warping our view of the world, you know. Um, but
1: what do you have on main right now, Pete? What are you dropping on the grid? I'm sorry? <laughs> what are you? I know you said you're obsessed with uh, social media. Me I just to want to know. He, yeah.
0: He's talking about the Tron grid when you're playing out oh, there. Oh, right, 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 right. You know, right, right, you have right, your yeah. light cycle. You're on the mm-hmm. grid. You're going across. Mm-hmm. You can't cross. The line because it's solid, then. So, the idea
1: whatever. of the social to Pete social media is what's happening in Tron. <laughs> <It's very fun laughs> <to me. laughs> Played High Lie with Neon Sticks, man. <laughs>
0: this <laughs> one was me. all right. I thought uh, I didn't, I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was pretty pointed in terms of social media, right? Um, there were some cute bits overall. Well, that I did, did like well. the dark turn, yeah. I like the dark turn at the end,
1: yeah. It. Uh, Uh, Shout out to Colby Minifee in here as Ashley, one of my favorite characters from the TV show. And uh, you got uh, uh, Kumail, former Mm -hmm. guest on our show from back in the day, and Emily Gordon, his
0: wife. um, He's
2: killing it on that. That was funny. Fun stuff.
0: Next up, BFFs, written by Aquafina, directed by Madeline Flores. Animation style is inspired by Saturday Morning Animation Imports. Pete, seems like you loved this one. So why don't you talk about this a little bit?
2: You know, the power of the poop, you know what I mean? It's really, it's beautiful. I mean, it seemed like Aquafina got a little weird on it, but it was uh, adorable and fun and ridiculous. Um, and I'm glad that she finally ter- uh, told her mean girlfriends to, you know, fuck off because they were, you know, abusing her friendship. So it was nice to see her finally stick up for herself at the end.
1: Yeah, and got back to at them the way you, you should as a kid with poop coffee. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, one in doubt poop in their coffee. Grass. I <laughs> when don't like poop jokes at all, they make me uncomfortable but I think there really? was yeah, coming
1: from the man who just said I'm going to keep doing it in my butt yeah, my I butt mouth you <laughs> could dial this back fit five minutes and hear yeah. you say I, so I taste it with my butt mouth and you're like, I can't tolerate poop, poop jokes, yeah. pearl clutching about poop jokes <laughs> he's talking about butt mouths over there.
0: No, I don't know, uh, there's a separation there in my mind Yeah, I'm picturing so. a nice clean butt mouth
1: Oh, yeah, holy <laughs> worse, my friend. I don't want to get into this. Uh, this. Where'd this all the Alka-Seltzer go? Oh, Alex put him in his butt now.
0: <laughs> Had to wash out those pixie sticks somehow, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The There is a sweetness and a niceness here and just a earnestness of pushing forward with this joke, no matter what that I really appreciated by the end. Uh, That was the main thing that I was like, "Uh, I don't know if I'm into this about halfway through, but then it just kept going and going and going and it never gave up and eventually won me over. And Aquafina
1: is just fun. Like she, yep. all of her performances, like if it's her voice or just the way she performs the characters that she plays, you're just like riding along with her. It's great, and I love Chase Crawford as the Deep. I think the Deep is one of the oh, funniest yeah. pieces of the main show, yeah. and anytime I, I see um, him playing here is great.
2: And I love the paranoid Seth Rogen, and this it was really fun like just kind of like he's odd to me like that that whole thing was a uh, great use of Seth Rogen too. Then we got Nubian versus Nubian written by Aisha Tyler, a uh,
0: cousin of Justin Tyler, I believe, directed yep. <laughs> yeah. by yeah. Matthew Bordadave, and the animation style is anime inspired. Uh, what would you guys think about this one?
2: Yeah, I mean, the ending really made it fun. The the kid kind of being like, "Yo, fuck all this." Uh was really great. Um yeah, I mean I you felt bad for uh hammer hands, really bad. And uh it was a kind of a nice look at his life a little bit. I'm glad we got to kind of see like how shitty it would be if you're you know, if you had those hands. This one, for whatever reason, like
1: bummed me out the most in a series of horrible well, violence come the whole on, time. One. Old
2: Tom Road started playing; it gave you a little. hope It was cool.
1: hundred percent. I'm not saying it was bad by any means, but like it was just sad. Like Groundhogs arcs so sad, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and like even though we didn't have a ton of people getting murdered, that was sad. And then like the divorce side of it was sad. Like for some reason, I hit me a chord, and maybe that was the intention. But I, I was uh, like, oh, uh, I was a little heart hurt about it in my heart oh. mouth.
0: Honestly, this was my least favorite of the bunch. I would say I really loved the initial idea here that you had, what are the characters? It's like Nubian and Lady Nubian or Nubian and Black Nubian. Nubia and Nubian Nubian, Prince. Nubian Prince, there you go. Uh, Just the idea of playing with like... Nobody could come up with more creative names for um, black characters. I thought it was so smart and so pointed. And then when it got into the bulk of the episode, I was kind of bummed out a little bit because there were a lot of good jokes throughout. But that first bit was so interesting and fun. I would have loved to see that play out over the course of it versus being the initial thing and then kind of pushed to the side personally. Yeah. Let's move on and talk about John and Sun He, written by Andy Samberg, directed by Steve Ahn. The animation style is inspired by Korean drama and horror. Like we mentioned earlier, I was so surprised to find out that it was written by Andy Samberg. But such a smart metaphor going on here in terms of what happens with this woman's cancer and metastasizing it growing, going out of control, using uh, K-drama and horror to spin this out. I thought this one was great,
2: but also like really fun that Sandberg vo- voices the security guard and that is taste and that's all we hear from. him, Was just such a fun, like, uh, you, you when you hear the voice, you're like, oh, this character is going to be important throughout the whole rest of this. This is the character's characters going. Nope, it was fun, fun uh, use of Sandberg to kind of like uh, uh, dupe us a little bit with that. But, uh, yeah, creatively, this was very moving. Like, uh, you know, the end of it really felt like a uh, Miyazaki kind of anime. I shout was going to say, this must yeah. have been
1: real. You love a Miyazaki. Uh, oh, yeah.
2: I mean, the golden field is uh, pretty much ripped uh, from my favorite. So, uh, Nasaga, the Valley of the Wind. So, it was just uh, a very kind of emotional ending for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. I love just how hard this went at this emotional story without having to be a bunch of a bunch of jokes, which we got a lot of. Um, So to vary the tone so much for the series, I thought this one was super successful.
0: And last but not least, we talked about it a little bit before, but one plus one equals two written by Simon Reck. Uh, Rakiopia I'm sorry, I just mangled his name. <laughs> Directed by Jay Kim and Giancarlo Volpe, animation style is a darker take on American superhero animation. As I mentioned earlier, I thought this was great to, after this whole series of, I don't know exactly how it fits into the world of the TV show, this one being squarely in that wheelhouse, was, I thought was a really smart place to leave us. <sighs>
2: Also, it was nice to kind of get in Homelander's head a little bit too. The way he was telling these reporters his fucking origin story, completely lying, and the flashbacks that we saw was so dramatic and so powerful and well done. It was really impressive. It's. It was kind of impressive to see Homelander pull it off. Like, he is such a evil psychopath that has so many layers to him. But the back and forth between him and uh, Black Noir was just also really, really enjoyable.
1: And I love that we find you you feel sympathetic a bit to Homelander, someone who is hard to feel bad for. Hard to feel, yeah, exactly. In the main series, to have it here, and you, like, after he messes up and, and blows the gun up with his um, heat vision. And he, he acts like a kid. He's like, oh, no, okay, oh, boy, what am yeah. I going to do here? <laughs> uh, I thought that was like – you feel you feel sorry for him despite the fact that he's about to go, continue to murder oh. a bunch of these people, including the hostages, and to have Black Noir be the one that teaches him what he becomes. Like, also, it's,
2: the fact that we kind of get the uh, Liz Shu character – been kind of pulling his strings since the beginning like really playing him like a fiddle um was such a creepy kind of addition as well um yeah black noir as a character is just constantly so well used uh it's just this was such a great use of black noir and yeah. uh, a very interesting origin story to how fucked up the 7R and the whole thing. It's, this, this was a fun ride, man. This is definitely worth watching these for sure.
1: Shame what took Black
2: Noir down, you know, at the end. Right, Pete? I'm mean, Come on, man. What's that? It's not ruining something. Well, you I cry. agree with, with you though, Pete. Kim.
0: I agree with you though, Pete. I thought this was a great ride, and despite what I said at the beginning of the podcast about this probably be to being partially to kill time between seasons, I would love to see another one. I hope they do more yeah. of these because it's fun seeing all these different creators play in here. Now, normally we
2: end these episodes calling out who is best boy. Well, I think we should just say, you know, kids, you know, regardless of if you do drugs up your body regulation style. You know, you still got to be wary of it, all right? Yeah, just follow the regulations. That's the yeah, big thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was a crazy PSA that Peaches dropped kids, in the middle of the Yeah. You know?
0: If you would like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Coming out. We would love to chat with you about The Boys. Here at number four, The Boys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show. Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time boys it up I don't remember what we said
2: again. <laughs> I think our
1: sign off was keep your butt mouth on Maine," right Pete oh
2: man <laughs>